This is Naima Novetsky from alatarah.org. Today's Torahcast will discuss some of the dangers inherent in the priestly service and look at the role played by the bells on the high priest robe in decreasing this danger and preventing potentially fatal conduct. Parashat Titzaved describes the various priestly garments, beginning with the three articles of clothing worn exclusively by the high priest, the vest or apron, the ephod, the breastplate, the hoshen, and the robe, the me'il. After mandating that one must place golden bells and pomegranates on the fringes of the robe, the verse issues a concluding admonishment. And it shall be on Aaron to serve, and its sound shall be heard when he goes into the sanctuary in front of Hashem, and when he comes out, and he won't die. The verse clearly speaks of someone's potential death and how to prevent such a fatality but almost every other detail of the verse is obscure. Who might potentially die? Are we worried about Aaron, who is the subject of the verse, or about a bystander who might be somehow affected by Aaron's conduct? Second, why would this person die? Is this death a potential punishment, or is the verse trying to prevent a fatal accident? What crime or accident is the verse alluding to? Third, what actions serve to avert the danger and how? Is it Aaron's wearing of the robe or the ringing of its bells? How and why might either of these serve to prevent a fatality? A final question relates to the phrase, The verse appears to be speaking of Aaron wearing his priestly garments, including his robe with the bells, as he enters the Kodesh. But does the word HaKodesh refer to the outer sanctuary of the Mishkan, the Oral Mo'ed or Hechal, or to the innermost sanctum, the Holy of Holies? Both possibilities are somewhat difficult. If HaKodesh refers to the outer chamber, why does the command apply only to the high priest Aaron? Did not the common priest also perform the service in the outer chamber? On the other hand, if the word refers to the Holy of Holies, does not Aaron venture there only on Yom HaKippurim when he is instructed to forego his robe and its golden bells and enter wearing only pure white vestments which do not have any bells? If so, what would the verse mean when it says v'nishma kolo, and the sound will be heard? There's an additional verse later in our chapter which also warns of the potential dangers inherent in the tabernacle and which parallels our verse and might shed some light on it. The final verses of Shemot 28 caution the priests to be properly dressed while performing their service and speak of the fetal consequences of not adhering to these rules. Verse 43 reads, they shall be on Aaron and his sons when they go into the tent of meeting or when they come near to the altar to minister in the holy place that they don't bear iniquity and die. The terminology employed in this verse is strikingly similar to ours. Both verses say, or our verses says, and the latter one echoes, and both verses mention potential death. The similarities make one wonder if there's a deeper connection between the two verses and how the latter verse might illuminate the meaning of our verse. Commentators offer a range of possibilities as they try to identify both the danger referred to in our verse and how to avert it. The various opinions reflect differing assumptions regarding both the necessary prerequisites to properly serve God and the protocols of tabernacle service as a whole. 
A first approach taken by the 11th century French commentator Rashi takes the parallels between our verse and verse 43 as its starting point, suggesting that our verse 2 speaks of the repercussions of entering the Kodesh while improperly clothed. Rashi reads the warning, and he will not die, as referring not to the phrase regarding the bells which immediately precedes it, but rather to the words at the beginning of the verse, the Hayah al-Aharon Nesharet, and it, the previously mentioned clothing, will be on Aharon to serve. Despite the singular form of the word Vahayah, which would imply that the verse refers to the wearing of only the robe mandated in the previous verse, Rashi assumes that the verse is speaking of all the garments commanded throughout the entire chapter. If all eight garments are not worn, the priest is culpable. According to Rashi then, the mention of the ringing of the bells upon entry and exit is merely a parenthetical interlude with no special significance. As such, our verse is exactly parallel to the warning of verse 43, but while our verse warned about the potential death of the high priest specifically, the later verse speaks of the consequences for lay priests as well. Each warning is logically placed upon the completion of the discussion of all the clothing specific to that particular group. According to this approach, proper dress is essential during service, and not following proper etiquette can have dire consequences. While Rashi does not explain why, it is possible that like all uniforms, wearing specific articles of clothing serve to remind the priests of their role and the need to behave appropriately. Rav Hirsch elaborates, suggesting that donning the priestly vestments transform the priest from being an individual replete with personal flaws and desires who on his own might not be worthy of serving God in the Mikdash to being a symbol of an ideal. It is only as a representative of this ideal that he may serve. The beginning of the chapter tells us that the clothing were to be the chavod ulitzafaret, for honor and glory, and it's possible that this refers to the honor of the sanctuary and of Hashem. Though the law that Rashi learns from our verse is unanimously agreed upon, as regardless it can be derived from verse 43, it's questionable whether it reflects the simple meaning of our verse. The most blatant difficulty with his reading is that it basically ignores the entire middle phrase, and its sound shall be heard when he goes into the sanctuary. According to Rashi, if the ringing of bells is not related to the death warning, it is hard to understand why it appears in the verse. In light of this, it's not surprising that almost all other commentators assume that the ringing of the bells must somehow be relevant to the danger discussed in the verse. Rashi's grandson, Rashbam, thus suggests that the bells serve as a warning to all lay priests to vacate the sanctuary when the high priest enters the Holy of Holies to atone for the nation. Rashbam is basing himself on Vayikra chapter 16, verse 17, which warns, V'chol adam lo No one shall be in the tent of meeting when he enters to make atonement in the holy place until he comes out. Like our verse, this verse too speaks of entering and leaving the Kodesh, warning that no priest may be present while the high priest enters the Holy of Holies. Rashbam adds from our verse that this is on pain of death. According to Rashbam, then, our verse serves as a warning not to Aaron, but to the other priests. The bells are warning bells, announcing the high priest's arrival and giving notice that it's time for everyone else to leave. Just as foreigners may not come close to the Kodesh, there are times when also ordinary priests may not do so. When the high priest is to enter the Holy of Holies and come close to Hashem's presence, he must do so with meticulous preparation. Thus, a lay priest who is unprepared and finds himself too close to that divine presence risks forfeiting his life. 
Rashbam's approach, though, has one seemingly fatal flaw. When Vaikrasik's teen speaks of the high priest entering the Holy of Holies, it appears to indicate that he does so only while wearing pure white garments and not his colorful robe. If so, precisely on the occasions when the bells were to serve their purpose, the high priest would not have been wearing his robe. Rashbam himself does not address the issue, but there are several possible solutions. Ibn Ezra deduces from our verse that even when entering the Holy of Holies, the high priest wore not only his white clothing, but also the four special garments mentioned in our chapter, including the robe with its bells. According to him, Vaikra lists only the white vestments, not because they were worn exclusively, but because, but because the others were taken for granted because of their earlier mention. It's also possible that the high priest may have worn his golden garments, including the robe, into the outer chamber of the tabernacle, and only there changed into his white vestments. This, in fact, seems to be the simple understanding of Aikras 16.23, which states, Aaron shall come into the tent of meeting, and shall take off the linen garments which he put on when he went into the holy place, and shall leave them there. The simple reading of this verse implies that Aaron changed back and forth between his two sets of garments in the tabernacle itself. If so, the bells on the high priest's robe would have had ample opportunity to fulfill their function before the robe was removed and exchanged for the white vestments in which the high priest performed the purification rite. One last possibility is that the law changed between Shemot 28 and Vayikra 16. Initially, perhaps the high priest was allowed into the Holy of Holies wearing his regular eight-piece uniform, which included the robe and its bells. And this is what is referred to in our verse. However, after the sin of Nadav and Avihu and their deaths, Hashem mandated a special procedure and special white attire for entering the inner sanctum. This, though, was a new development and thus appears only in Vayikra 16. There is yet one other difficulty with Rashbam's reading of our verse. If one posits, as Rashbam seems to, that the high priest entered the Holy of Holies only on Yom HaKippurim, this would mean that the bells would be worn year-round, but would serve a function only on one day a year. As such, to make this position more viable, one might suggest, as does the Vilna Gaon, that during the 40 years in the wilderness, Aaron actually had permission to enter the inner sanctuary on a regular basis as long as he followed the correct protocol as laid out in Vayikra 16. It was only in subsequent generations that the high priest's entry was restricted to Yom HaKippurim. The opening language of Vayikra 16 could easily support this reading. Hashem states, B'zot yavo Aharon el HaKodesh. With this shall Aaron enter the Kodesh, making no mention of Yom HaKippurim itself, and implying that Aaron can enter any time he wished, as long as he followed the proper procedures. If this reconstruction is true, and Aaron could in fact enter at any time, one might also understand the greater need for warning bells and an alert to be issued. Nonetheless, probably due to the various difficulties raised by each of Rashi and Rashbam's reading of the verses, the majority of commentators take a different approach to our verse, suggesting that the bells come to protect the high priest himself, ensuring that he approached his service in the tabernacle with proper respect and purity of thought. According to the 13th century Spanish commentator Ramban, the ringing bells were the high priest's way of knocking to request permission to enter the Mishkan. One cannot simply enter a king's palace without first announcing oneself. Alternatively, according to Rabag, a 14th century Provençal exegete, 
the bells were a reminder for the high priest to properly channel his thoughts to the worship of Hashem as he entered the tabernacle. This can be compared to the wearing of tzitzit, which is meant to continuously remind one to observe Hashem's commandments. The auditory reminder of the bells might be even more effective in putting the high priest in the proper frame of mind for service. Both these readings assume that the Kodesh referred to in the verse is the outer sanctuary. According to these sources, the warning did not apply on Yom HaKippurim when the high priest entered the Holy of Holies, as then there was a special dispensation to enter without knocking, apparently because of the existence of a closer relationship to Hashem on that day. In addition, the proper frame of mind was still necessary. The entire service of the day provided ample preparation. This approach must address why ordinary priests, who also regularly entered the Oal Moed, did not similarly wear bells in preparation for entry. Ramban suggests that the command is aimed only at the high priest due to his higher stature and greater service. Alternatively, one might suggest like Sforno that in the wilderness, the ordinary priests were never allowed into the tabernacle at all, but were limited to sacrificing at the external altar. This idea might be supported by the many verses which mention that specifically Aaron lit the menorah and offered the incense. If so, the lay priests obviously had no need for bells to announce their arrival or to focus their thoughts, since, the dur since during the 40 years in the wilderness, they never served inside the sanctuary. In summary, the various approaches to our verse highlight three potential dangers in the cultic service. Improper attire, coming too close to the divine presence, and serving with insufficient mental preparation or a lack of respect. Though our verses focus on how the Kohen must approach Hashem in the Mikdash, these points are important to keep in mind when we approach to worship God in our own shuls and Batei Midrash, our Mikdash Ma'at, and substitutes for the Mishkan and Beit Mikdash. How does the clothing we wear when, we when praying to Hashem affect how we approach Him? Would our prayers not be enhanced if beforehand we prepare to ensure a proper mindset? Finally, what is the proper balance between coming close and coming too close? For more on this topic and other topics related to Barashat Titzaveh, please visit alatorah.org.